Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. Today, we are going to talk about water and irrigation for your cut flowers. I used to just use an overhead sprinkler, worked fine when I had a smaller garden, didn't necessarily care too much about the production. I had mostly veggies at the time. Occasionally, we would go around with a five-gallon bucket and just douse a few plants, like the pickle plants or the cucumber plants, because you can just get the center of the plant pretty good and water them deeply a couple times a week, and you can get by with it. But when you're growing, you know, on between a fourth and a third of an acre of land, trying to get it all watered at once is pretty difficult to do and quite time-consuming. Additionally, if you use an overhead sprinkler and you're watering the foliage or the leaves, that can really lead to diseases quickly. And so you really want to, for many reasons, you want to slowly, over time, gradually water the root system. So what we use is some drip irrigation kits that has emitters equally spaced out and it produces water really slowly so that there isn't runoff and it can be absorbed by the root system properly. My advice, and we'll get we'll get to it in a minute, I'll tell you exactly what I ordered. I have no sponsorship by them or anything. I'm just talking about the kit that I know, the brand that I know, and you know, making sure we have all of that information correct, but you know, I'm sure that most brands are very similar and there's about 15 places that I can think of that I've seen advertised that you can buy a kit. Um, but we're going to talk about a, the reasons I say to do a kit, how to set them up and just what their benefits are. I would say, first of all, figure out which of your flowers are going to be drought tolerant first. Well, actually (laughs) figure out where you live, where your watering needs. There's, there's some areas of the country that They're like, yeah, we get rain for sure every 10 days, for sure, if not more than that. And we don't have an irrigation drip line anymore. If we have to use a sprinkler once or twice a year, we will. But usually, knock on wood, the rain's fine. And that's just how they roll. Um, There is a really famous flower farmer. I shouldn't say famous, but yeah, kind of. She's got like 115,000 followers on Instagram. She's from Michigan. And last year, she just said, screw it, I'm done. Like, I barely even turned it on last year. It's so much work to set up all the drip lines. I'm not setting them up. And guess what? They had rain almost every five days. In fact, they were a little bit almost too moist. And so it worked out for her. I think that's a gamble that a lot of people aren't willing to take on their crop. But if you're able to do it, I'd say go for it. If you have a specialty crop that needs a certain amount of water, then yeah, of course, you're going to need those drip lines. You're going to need the different emitters. You're going to want them equally spaced. You're going to want one for every single plant. A lot of these precision vegetable plants, they have every single plant has an emitter. You see them almost with like IV hydration bags with tubing inside of greenhouses for certain tomato plants and stuff like that. That is not what I'm talking about. (laughs) Only the strong survive here at Sunny Mary Meadow. We don't grow high maintenance plants. We don't grow high fuss plants. I've talked about this in other episodes. I mean, I'll, I'll grow some things that are a little trickier and experiment with one or two things every year. But for the most part, you get tough or die. I don't know (laughs) from when it comes to these plants, because the thing is, I've talked about this, but it all takes a lot of time and planning and effort when you have to cut something special or when you have to harvest it specially or 
you know, you got to start them from seed at this time and you got to do this and you got to do that and you got to pinch them and da, 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 da. But something that takes 20 steps to do it. I either find an easier way to grow it, such as Lizianthus, for example, I buy it in plugs because I'm not going to mess around with starting those in seed in January and keeping them alive. If I can't eliminate steps from them, they're way too time consuming. The amount of time that I spend with, you know, for the most part, every single flower that I have here, I have like 1500 of them. I don't just have 10 zinnia plants. I have 1500 zinnia plants. I have three rows of them. They're easy. They're good. I, I cannot get a return back out of my investment if it's something that is taking me forever and it's too time consuming. And my customers don't want to pay for those time consuming flowers. They just don't. Do I think that someday there might be a market for me to have special rare roses or special rare whatever it might be? Yeah, maybe. It may be. They, I might be able to have a tea garden where there's special flowers that can be made into teas and you have a tea picnic party and that's cool. I think it'd be really fun to do something like that. But the fact is, I am not going to book 10 people a day to do that. They're just not interested in doing that for the amount of money I would have to charge to do something like that to make it as equal as, you know what, my subscriptions, they're $25 a week. You get a mason jar, you know, a bouquet in a mason jar. You get a U-pick. You get to come out. You get to pick your own flowers. They're not high maintenance. And so that's what I grow. Sorry, getting back to drip irrigation, (laughs) but that's my long-winded way of explaining why, you know, my flowers, they either need a little bit of water or not a lot. And I I really don't mess with things that are super high maintenance. However, there are some flowers like sunflowers, for example, 50 days to maturity. I pretty much water them once when I plant them and we inevitably will get a couple rain showers in May or early June. And that's really all I do. I do not put drip lines in between them and they turn out great. And I've been growing those for like four years because I plant those so close together. I plant those like four inches apart because remember, those are ones that I want to grow up nice and tall and thin with without huge broomsticks for a stem. And so it just works really well to plant them close together. So they don't need their own drip lines. Zinnias, yeah, but they also could be pretty drought tolerant. So I just you know, just keep in mind, you know, which types of flowers can handle not a lot of water. I do put drip lines in my zinnias, but I think I might experiment with trying some without. We'll see. So if there are flowers that you know are going to need to be watered regularly, you know that they're those heavy drinkers, then you're going to put them, you know, with that section together. So other things that I don't use drip lines for are like my tulips and my ranunculus. So the tulips, honestly, from the time they start peeking out, to the time you harvest them, I for sure get rain once every seven days, for sure, because it's in the springtime. So I just don't mess with it when they're outside like that and they're they're fine. However, this year, now that I have the high tunnel, I will need to water inside the tunnel. We'll see how it goes this year. Again, ask me, ask me next year. This is, <laughs> this is mid-March. It's March 20th right now. Uh, the tulips are just coming up in the tunnel. My plan is to hand water them with a watering can. But you know what? It's a good workout. Honestly, I will carry four five-gallon buckets of water over there. I will get my little watering can and spend the 15 minutes to hand watering them. Because if I put these drip lines out in there, I know I'm just going to get frustrated when it comes time to pull up the bulbs. And I just think it's not quite worth it for the fact that they're going to be done mid-May. Now, when I remove all those tulips and plant like my lisianthus in there, I will absolutely use drip line within my high tunnel because I'm not going to hand water them and they're not going to get rain because they're covered with plastic. 
I really recommend if you're going to use drip blinds to order a drip kit. The place that I got my, I have, I've bought two drip kits so far and I probably won't have to buy another kit now because I have enough leftover pieces and I'm familiar with the kits and I know exactly what the parts are named and what their use is. And so I'm confident that I won't be wasting a ton of money on ordering the wrong parts or making a mistake or forgetting to order something and having to redo it. But the website that I bought mine from was dripworks.com. I think there's another one called Drip Depot. You can get one from Johnny Seeds. I think Farmer's I think Farmer's Friend LLC, where I got my high tunnel, I think they have drip lines. I'm not 100% certain. But there are a lot of really reputable places that you can get drip line kits from. But mine is from Dripworks. They were wonderful to work with. You just go on there and you, you, know, you Google, I think it's for garden beds, and then... For me, I use four foot wide beds in my long rows. And so I know that I'm going to need four. Well, I shouldn't say that. The The fabric is five feet and the middle four feet has plants in it. And so I have four lines going up and down in between the five rows of plants. And so it's like flowers, drip line, flowers, drip line, flowers, drip line, flowers. Yeah, flowers on the end. The four irrigation rows go in between the five rows of flowers, if that makes sense. So then they're spread out. Again, ideally order a kit for your first time. There are instructions, there are extra pieces. Nothing is more frustrating than not having enough of something because you miss, you know, misread the order. So maybe you wasted $50 in extra parts that you wouldn't have needed had you ordered everything a la carte. But if it saves you five hours, that's $10 an hour that you spent to save five hours. And I think that's totally worth it. You know, you can spend that time doing something else, not end up frustrating. You don't have to pause and reorder. It's so frustrating if you spend a whole Saturday trying to get your irrigation system in place. And I know that a lot of you guys do this, do these big projects on weekends when your spouse is available or when a second set of hands is available because you can't start them in the evening. So imagine you spent your entire Saturday getting this all ready and you didn't order a kit. And then you realize, oh my God, we are missing three parts and we have to reorder them and we're still not going to have water until Thursday when the part comes and then we won't be able to install it until Saturday and we're still going to have to water by hand all week long. Again, just buy a kit. Then you really understand the role of each part that you order. And then you know what you need to order extra of next time if need be. So my beds, they run east and west. I have 18 rows that are a row of grass. And then to the north of it is a row of flowers, row of grass. And then to the north of it, north of it. But just imagine it like a road that goes east and west. That's how my flower rows go. So then going north and south along the very edge of all of them is the main line. So that tubing is typically, I don't know, sturdier, whatever it ends up being. It has an end on it with a cap where it's completely closed off. And then it has an end that you can connect directly to a watering hose. Now, I should have Flower Farmer Fiance on here because he literally works for a water company called Trout Companies and... He works with drilling wells, but they do a lot of sprinkler system and irrigation systems. And he would be able to tell me exactly on like 
PSI and what ends up happening. He's always yelling at me for like, I shouldn't say yelling at me. I don't think he's ever yelled at me in his life, but I don't think he's ever, well, no, he has yelled at people before, but um, never at me. Um, But, you know, he's always saying, you can't have too many hoses and you got to be careful with the pressure and the water pressure and having the hose to have too many. I don't know. I don't even know what he's talking about, but I'm sure he's right. And so he actually installed a water line when I built the house last summer. There's a water line going out to the edge of my garden. So I will have a faucet right there because I was like, oh, well, I'll just get a longer hose and run that to the house. And he's like, no, you need a hydrant. So now I have a hydrant right at the edge of my garden to hook directly up to the main line of the irrigation system. So if the main line runs north and south on the on the edge of the beds, and then the lines, let's say they're 100 feet, mine are actually 60 feet, but let's say they're 100 feet rows. So then each one of those, if I have 18 beds times four, let me get out my calculator. I am pretty good at math, but you know, I'm under pressure. So 18 times four. So I have 72 of those lines and they are all a hundred feet long. And actually mine are all 60 feet long. But the nice part is when I roll those up next year, they're all 60 feet long. It doesn't matter. They can be just rolled up on the same spool. Flower farmer fiance last year took this, I don't know, this big electric spool and wrapped them all up on a cable. Really, really nice. I will, on the blog post, I'll include how I tried to store the irrigation and how he tried to store them. He did a much better job and I will be appreciative of it this spring when I try to unroll them. But so you get this little mainline hole punch where you, you stab a hole into the main line, like the really hard plastic. And it's probably, I don't know, half a centimeter and then this plastic piece gets wedged into it and then that connects to the drip line and the drip line every nine inches or so has a tiny little hole for the water to come out and like I said the whole point of that is that the water comes out very slowly and gradually so that there's not a lot of water runoff I put the drip lines underneath my landscape fabric. So the very first thing I do is lay out the main line. So then I put the drip tape down or the, you know, the drip lines. And like I said, they're all the same length. So I don't have to worry about it, you know, year after year. I know that, you know, they're all going to fit. And they have a stopper on the end of them. And then so that because if they didn't have a stopper on the end, it would just run out the end. It might slowly kind of emit out the ends, but you want to add a little bit of pressure so that they equally come out on all of those. And then, you know, I put probably every 20 feet, I put a stake down on those. You just don't have to worry about it because they're going to have fabric on top of them. And then the plants, once the plants are established, these lines are not going to move. Once in a while, they'll get a little bit of a hole in them. So then you just literally cut with a scissors both ends and there are little connector pieces. I have tried my share of duct tape. It really doesn't work, doesn't help. I've tried electrical tape. This year, I absolutely need to do, need to devote some time to getting it done right. By the time I got my drip lines out there, it was time to plant the garden. It was time to cover it with fabric. And you can't really plant the garden until you get the fabric down. So I really rushed the drip lines. And then, of course, like I said, we had tore down the old house. And so we did not have water here yet. Brent was still like working on fixing the temporary well. And so... There was like a two-week period where we literally didn't have water here while I was starting my garden. And so I had to bring like, I feel like I'm going to be wrong when I say this. I think it's a 500-gallon container that we got that Josh and I had gotten like six years ago from 
his uncle that owns the water company that Brent works for. And so we had this big thing of water so we could, we could fill five gallon buckets, but we could not hook it up to a hose because there's no pressure system. But again, like Brent had it done by the beginning of June and you know, I could turn on the sprinklers, but of course I had all the drip lines laid out and just was like, well, hopefully there's no leaks or anything. And then I laid out my landscape fabric and then I planted all of my seeds or transplanted my plants. If they were (laughs) plants that I transplanted them, I had to water them by hand with a watering can. And then when I went to turn on the water, there were like five or six puddles, just puddles of water because there were holes in the, in the irrigation line. So I got some patchwork to do, but honestly, like it just works out really well to have this, you know, little drip lines. You can do an overhead sprinkler, You can do one of those like self-propelled tractor sprinklers if you need to. And for certain flowers, honestly, it it still works pretty good. I just would not do the entire thing with an overhead sprinkler. It's not going to get you the best results. You're going to have a lot more leaves than buds. And, you know, you really just want to water the root. You know, it just really cuts down on having lots of hoses. Um, And it'll be nice to have a faucet down there by my U-Pick area or by my main garden area. Now, one other thing that I want to talk about. I have a timer and I used it two years ago, but my old like faucet hookup on the edge of my 137 year old house was super leaky. And so I I just had to quit. It didn't work. But basically you have the water turned on at all times and then you turn on this faucet timer or you turn on this like timer piece. So it hooks up to this little machine and then it can actually be on Wi-Fi. And so I think that's what I'm going to do this year is I'm going to buy a Wi-Fi one. And so I can literally, you know, just keep an eye on my plants. And if it's a certain temperature, if it's hot outside or if it's not, or if I thought it was going to rain and I check the radar and it didn't rain, I can just water them at will from the house, not have to even go out there and turn it on, which is pretty spoiled, pretty ridiculous when you think about it. But if it is going to save me that much time and going out there, I don't know. I think it's a worthy investment. I'm excited right now. And I know Brent is definitely excited about this. I'm getting to the point of my farm where yes, I'm growing and expanding. And I used to think that I needed to sell more flowers. I needed to go to more farmers markets. I needed to just go to more events. I needed to go more to more breweries. I needed to post more on social media. I needed to, you know, just grow more flowers, grow more flowers, grow more flowers. And that's how I'm going to make more money. And that's how I'm going to grow this business. And, you know, that's one way to look at it when you're trying to rapidly grow a business is just sell more. But now it's to the point where it's like, no, I I need to save more. And if that means I can get a couple more stems out of every single plant because I take better care of my soil, I take better care of, you know, how I water the plants, then that's really ultimately what really helps a business is those efficiencies. And watering is something that, yep, if you can get a system down, you're just, you're saving yourself so much time, so much energy. The plants are happier. They're healthier. They're going to produce better for you. You're not going to stress out as much in the drought, but the fact is that there really is no good substitution for rain. I mean, we can use sprinklers, we can use drip lines, but I mean, you still need, still need it to rain a little bit. Yeah. So let me know if you guys have any questions. You can send me an email podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. I'm really interested to hear what other suggestions you guys have. And this is a topic that, you know, I recorded this episode and this is an example where I don't think I'm the expert. I don't think that I'm telling you exactly the perfect thing to do, but I'm telling you what I do, how I do it, why it works well for me. 
I think it'll evolve over time. I think I might come up with a different plan as things go along, but we'll just see. This was this is what works well for me, and I hope that it works well for you. Um, if you do listen to the episode, I would love if you take a screenshot, posted it within your stories on social media, tag me so I actually see it. I just I really like to know who is listening and where. It's it's just it's very very interesting to me, and you know how you found it. And I just you know please don't hesitate to send a DM. Let me know what you're thinking of it. Send me an email. It. It really helps. Abby, my producer, is here with me tonight, and we we love making these episodes. But if nobody's listening and nobody wants, and nobody cares, then we we probably got to stop doing it. It's probably not worth our time. But um, for now, as long as a lot of you are listening, we're gonna just keep doing it and trying to help you guys grow your gardens. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening to the Sunny Mary Meadow podcast. I'm your host, Liz. If you like what you're hearing, please subscribe and rate us. You can find us on Instagram, Pinterest, and Facebook at Sunny Mary Meadow. Subscribe to our email newsletter at sunnymarymeadow.com. And if you have questions or comments or anything to say, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at podcast at sunnymarymeadow.com. Flowers, flowers, we love flowers. Sunny Mary Meadow, they smell so good. Sunnymarymeadow.com.